Okay, well, welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the third podcast of the What's Hot podcast. We are here downtown Worcester with co-owner of the Vegan Nest Cafe, Nicole Bruchet. So thank you so much for having us here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Great. So I know that um, a lot of what we'll be you know, touching on today, people also have an opportunity to see you in action with the companion What's Hot video TV show. Yes. So please check that out, everyone. Um, but today we're going to have a chance to talk to Nicole. She's, again, the co-owner of the Vegan Nest in Worcester, Massachusetts. And I want to just sort of open this up by saying, you know, people may have been looking and listening. Um, according to a recent NPR story, people can check that out online from January of 2019, mm -hmm. NPR did a story speculating on 2019 as the year of the vegan. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, people may have seen stories on different celebs, like here locally, Tom Brady, for yeah. example. Uh -huh. People may have heard of him. And he's um, mostly vegan. And also people like Serena Williams yep. and Madonna have been eating a lot of plant-based, um, you know, for years. So Absolutely. I think what we want to do here today is we'd love to hear more about you and your background and journey. And then we're going to explore what does it really mean to be vegan and sort of like how feasible is that? How does that contribute to environmental sustainability? So we're going to get to some great questions. Also have you speak to some common concerns or questions people may have about being vegan. Yeah. And then today in the podcast, Nicole, as you know, you really are um, super informed around really important related issues like food waste and food insecurity in our community and around the world. And then we'll hear more about what's coming up for you guys here at Vegan Nest. So let's awesome. get right into it. All right. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> so thank you. And um, so tell us a little bit more about your background and your journey. Yeah, so I have a couple of like ironic entry points into veganism, but it really started for me. Um, I've been vegetarian for most of my life. I am the only vegetarian in my family. Um, and it really started when I was five years old. I grew up in Texas, which is like the meat capital of the world. And um, they took my kindergarten class to a slaughterhouse, which was completely appalling. And um, I just, I came home and I was like, mom, they're hurting the animals and they're killing them. And I was just deeply, deeply moved from that point that it, this just was not, I, I couldn't, you know, make sense in my mind how you can eat something that was so adorable and you know all of these things so anyway that was the time that I made a decision to you know ethically move away from eating and consuming you know animal products um, but fast forward 20 something years when I met my husband and we actually ironically met in the meatpacking district of New York City. Get out of here. Yep. <laughs> Two vegans meeting in the meatpacking district of New York. And um, I was still vegetarian at that point, but um, I was definitely like moving more towards veganism. Mm -hmm. And my husband just really encouraged me into the whole food, plant-based idea, um, you know, bringing into sort of presence of mind all of the other aspects, but not just the ethical veganism, but looking at... Um, you know, health and looking at the environment and looking at what my role was and it just became this, you know, much more like deeply complex issue for me and it really started to resonate. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so what, what an entry into veganism, you know, 
coming from, as you mentioned, one of the meat capitals of the world. Yes. Texas. <laughs> um, I had a brief stint there myself when I was 15. Um, very interesting, different world. But, yes. <laughs> um, and then you met your now husband, who is also a vegan, at, in the meat packing industry right. district in New York. So that is something else. Thank you for sharing that. It really um, has us relate to you as <laughs> a fellow, fellow human. And it's just, it's just ironic how some of these things unfold. Absolutely. Um, so I know we'll hear a little bit more about your story and please feel free to weave that in. Um, I would love to hear, I know you touched on it, so plant-based and you know no sort of vegan ingredients. Is that how you, essentially you would define veganism, especially if people are just learning about this? So really what yeah. is vegan? So I think for someone who's just learning about it, I would explain it very simply to say that being vegan is just trying to, um, to the best of your capacity, avoid using animal products, eating animals, consuming them, using them for, you know, um, any kind of commodities, you know, clothing, whatever. Sure. Um, but for us, it goes a step further in, in the sense that I believe that we are meant to live in harmony with nature and everything that's around us. And so my diet, my lifestyle is part of that. So it's being in harmony with nature and not abusing it. And that mm -hmm. includes the way that we interact with other humans and the way that we interact with animal species as mm -hmm. well. Well, thank you for putting this on, on people's radar. And I know just from being around, and I can give you a little backstory, <laughs> Nicole, when I was, I was actually studying environmental studies in college back in the day, I like to think it was a few years ago, but it was a while back. And um, I actually, I made it to being a vegan for about two weeks, and then I defaulted back to vegetarianism. Mm -hmm. And for, for me, I happen to be married to a carnivore of carnivores, so I, you know, try to be a little bit flexible. I call myself a flexitarian. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for some people, they think, you know, maybe it's, it's really difficult, it's perhaps hard to be vegan. And they also, I've heard a lot of people say, including my mother, who mm -hmm. loves my mom, um, that vegans lack essential nutrients, let's say like protein. So could you take a, a stab at both of those? Um, again, that it's hard to be vegan and that vegans lack some sort of essential nutrients. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are some of the most common sort of myths with veganism. And I'll quote my husband here, some of the best food in the world is vegan. All of the best food in the world is vegan, you know? And uh, so when you talk about availability, when you talk about, you know, things that, um, you know, how intimidating it can be to eat plant-based or to eat vegan. I think a lot of people look at it and think of all of the processed foods that we bring in right. um, to the picture as vegans. But when you look at, like, very simple whole plant-based foods, apples, lettuce, yeah, I mean, like, all the things that you put on your plate, mm -hmm. those are all vegan things, you know. So um, our goal is really to point out to people that it doesn't have to be some elaborate, you know, thing, but that it's, like, these very simple, wholesome ingredients that are available or should be available to everyone. And then... When you look at uh, protein, I mean, when you look at legumes, so peas, lentils, beans, mm -hmm. those are some of the most sustainable sources of protein ever. You know, they, they, can, dro they can grow in um, dry, harsh climates. Uh, they require very little water to grow and versus, you know, animal proteins where you're using so much, you know, resources, land, water, right. you know, all of these things, and then the gases that are emitted to produce that. So from a cost-benefit analysis, I mean, when you look at whole food, uh, plant-based sources of protein, not only are you getting incredible amounts of protein, but they're, uh, you know, protein sources that are not contributing to, um, you know, environmental decay. Yeah, well, that's yeah. great. And I know, you know, a big part of what we do at 
both the What's Hot TV show and podcast is to showcase ecopreneurs like yourself mm-hmm. and just sort of making being green a little bit more accessible and understandable. So it's really great. Um, if you want to touch on anything more, I know you just mentioned that being vegan really helps the environment. Absolutely. Cutting down our collective and individual carbon footprint. So talking about um, how less resources and land and water are required and then also talking about, you know, especially if you go more local, Mm -hmm. greens, etc., that there's less fuels needed to transport. Um, But do you want to just comment, uh, maybe make um, your, your statement again as to why being vegan or at least eating more plant-based would help our planet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So there's a couple aspects. I mean, one is when you look at the amount of resources uh, and, you know, energy um, that's needed to sustain our current food system. I mean, it's just such a burden on our planet. Um, And you're talking about, you're looking at fertilizers and pesticides and all of these different things that are put into um, growing food that then what many people call food, you know, the animals are consuming, and then that's creating even more burden, and then, um, you know, we're creating this harm against the animals and, you know, killing them for, you know, to feed ourselves. Whereas if you look at a plant-based diet, if you look at being vegan, you're eliminating that need for the animal population, Mm -hmm. you know, using the animal population for food. And instead, you're just putting that energy and that effort into just growing the plants themselves and then consuming the plants. And then you're putting back into the environment. So it's um, a much more natural design, you know. I mean, it's something where it's sustainable. It's um, you're giving to the earth um, and you're using it um, in a way that is, far less abusive than if you were to, mm-hmm. you know, grow something and um, I use the term loosely, but care for the animals for sure. an extended period of time, right? Because you have to raise them from young to, to maturity to be able to um, use them for whatever it is that you're going to be using them for. Um, so it's just this long process of just abuse and waste, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so that takes us into the other aspects when you look at the amount of food waste that's involved with um with, you know, your standard American diet, so to speak. I mean, the amount of um, processing and energy that goes into um, dealing with our plastics and all of our, you know, different things that go into our our food um, environment, um, the food waste contributes significantly to, Mm -hmm. you know, the emissions that are are in the ozone. So um, when we look at whole food plant-based and we're looking at minimal um, food waste, we're looking at eliminating sources of, um, you know, trash buildup and all of these things that are contributing right. to um, polluting our oceans and our environment. Um, that's one of the other major significant ways that we see. Yes. So okay. let's dig a little bit deeper yeah. into the food waste topic. Super important. And I would love for you, if you want to say anything more about the problem as you see it, but more importantly, let's talk about how the Veganess Cafe here in yeah. Western Massachusetts Super warm, friendly, amazing environment here. Great food, great people. Um, how, you're welcome. Um, how is it that what you guys are doing here can help eliminate food waste? Yeah, so there's a lot of things that um, we're really, really excited about. Um, but the main thing is we've started this initiative called Freely Given Tuesday. Hmm. Um, and it's something that we're actually hoping to do on a, a more sustainable um, you know, way. Um, but essentially what it is, is by providing, um, 
meals to anyone who needs it. So it's donation-based, fair exchange, um, and the idea is we bring in all this food into the restaurant on a weekly, weekly basis, mm -hmm. right, to serve people. And at the end of the week, with any restaurant, you have a certain amount of food left over. And if you're not giving that food out to someone or if mm -hmm. you're not utilizing it in some way, it's just going to waste, right? So it's just adding to the landfills. It's adding right. to, you know, everything. So instead of creating this space where we have all of this excess food, what we decided was by moving to a donation-based model, we're able to address needs of food insecurity in the community by being able to say, hey, if you're hungry, mm -hmm. if you want healthy food, plant-based food, it's here and you pay for it if you can, and if you can't, right. don't worry about it. Um, and it also addresses the issue of food waste as well. So it kind of has this um, dual impact that um, is really beneficial for the community, addressing both food waste, but also uh, food insecurity and hunger in Worcester mm. County. Fantastic. So it sounds like um, the current Freely Given Tuesday will be expanding in terms of programming. So definitely have yes. people uh, people who are listening check in and, and um, figure out how either you can benefit directly from that or perhaps you can partner up with Nicole and Victor here at the Vegan Nest Cafe in Worcester and maybe you can even contribute if you're listening and you can contribute something and um, ex help them expand that program to feed people in the community so everybody has access to great healthy foods. So Absolutely. Really wonderful. Um, so I think one other topic we want to touch on here today is this um, issue, and you've already sort of touched on it, Nicole, but feel free to talk more a little bit about food insecurity, how you perceive that problem, and again, if there's anything else you want to say about how the Veganist Cafe is leading the way yep. to help address food insecurity. Absolutely. So uh, food insecurity, I think one of the most important things to, to say is that it's something that affects everyone. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of people think like if you're, uh, if you're experiencing poverty that you're seeing food insecurity. Mm -hmm. But really, nutritional deprivation can happen at any level, regardless of socioeconomic status, right? So we want to remove any obstacle, whether you're rich, poor, uh, whatever the issue may be, uh, but we want to remove every obstacle that there is from accessing healthy, wholesome plant-based right. foods. Um, and so by being able to offer these meals in a um, completely sustainable, donation-based way, um, again, it just allows for an opportunity for the entire community to get engaged in feeding their neighbor and making sure that no one is deprived of something that we believe is a complete right. You know, health is a right good food is right. Um, and so when you talk about food justice, when you talk about food equity, health equity, these are things that are um, deeply um, embedded in the fabric of where we are as uh, a society in terms of food. Definitely. Well, I, I really, you know, as we begin to wrap up here, I really want to acknowledge you for, again, I mentioned um, the warm, friendly atmosphere. When people come, you're here at 6 Waldo Street, downtown Worcester. Um, one thing I really love about who you are, more importantly, and also what you do is your educational approach. So I know that we've talked a little bit about perhaps some upcoming workshops and different classes, including food planning support. I think yep. for so many people, that is such an opportunity. People can get a hands-on experience, both watching you guys here in your own cafe and cooking behind the counter in the kitchen, um, but also sort of showcasing how people can live healthier lives. Absolutely. More doable, because so many people are so busy. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, you've got a family with little ones. Um, so yeah. just thank you for leading the way and helping everyday people, you know, figure out how they can also access healthy food for themselves and their families. Um, in terms of what is, is coming up, I know that you mentioned that you're going to be expanding 
the program around the Freely Given Tuesday, so definitely I want everybody to, to tune into that. I know you're also active on the international level um, with some different events and initiatives through like the UN, um, yep. other events, anything that you want to say that's coming up that people should look for in the coming months? Yeah, so this will be our third year going to the United Nations, um, working with their sustainability programs there and talking about uh, plant-based diet and um, diet in general um, and how it infects. So we're really looking forward to that in summer. Uh, we have a summer program that we're looking forward to as well to be able to provide uh, healthy, wholesome food for the youth um, during the summer and vacation breaks is a high vulnerability time yes. for, for kids who don't have access to food. So we really are excited about developing programs around that. Um, and then we have a whole host of cooking classes and education and things for other food entrepreneurs who are looking yeah. to expand that we're looking to um, move into in the very near future. So the best thing to do is to just, um, you know, keep abreast of those things and those developments yes. on our social media. Definitely. So again, hopefully people will stop by in person, but let's um, give a shout out to your social media handles. So tell them the best places people can find you online. Okay, so you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, and I think we're still on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's all at Veganess, so V-E-G-A-N-N-E-S-T. And then we also have our website. Um, the best website that you can check out is www.theveganestcafe.com. Wonderful. So again, definitely tune in and pass the word that Nicole and Victor and the Vegan Nest can all be found at Vegan Nest on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, but perhaps less so. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. It's too many. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot to handle. And again, you're so people-oriented and food-oriented. Um, so again, Instagram, Facebook, their um, website is also great. And come stop by here downtown Worcester. And I just want to say in wrapping up that, you know, for a lot of people, they sort of speculate and think a lot about, you know, walking a little bit lighter on the planet. And um, can you just wrap up by encouraging people, even if they don't go vegan overnight tomorrow, and that may ultimately not be everyone's goal and we acknowledge that right. um, just to let people know that you know what they can do is better than nothing um, so absolutely just, any final thoughts yeah and I think it goes back to what I was saying in terms of um, you know just having a desire to live compatibly and sustainably um, and with compassion yes. and so with a heart and a mindset towards compassion I think making smarter decisions um, making more uh, conscious decisions that kind of move outside and beyond self and look to others and the impact that we're having, you're uh, undoubtedly going to be making decisions that are going to um, you know, reduce our impact on, on and the burden that we're putting on the earth. So, you know, whether it's every day, whether it's a meatless Monday or, yeah, you yeah. know, um, whatever it is, you know, anytime someone is making a move towards integrating healthier options into their diet, reducing their amount of processed food intake and um, use of uh, animals um, and, you know, all of that, you know, yeah. any, any efforts moving towards that is, is, is uh, wonderful, wonderful to see. Thank you so much. Well, we're going to end there. And I want to thank everyone for tuning into the What's Hot podcast where we spotlight sustainable solutions and we get to meet inspiring ecopreneurs like Nicole Bruchet here at Vegan Nest in Worcester. And please be sure to check us out as well. All of our videos are available on YouTube at What's Hot TV Show. Thanks. And think about maybe that Meatless <laughs> Monday. I like that thank idea. You. Very yeah. All right, everybody. Take care.